Marsh is still for Petrangelo, right for Eichel. He shoots and scores! Off the bar and in. Tie game. Jack Eichel. Power play goal. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Stone sets up Eichel across the line. Left wing Barbashev. Stone in front shot. Score on the rebound. First try got stopped. Second time gets through. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace hanging out inside T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the. Chris Chapman's fired up. I am fired up, and I hope you are fired up as well. It's a great week for the city of Las Vegas, but we're going to turn our attentions to one player in particular, and that is Alex Petrangelo, who in just three-ish hours or so is going to be suiting up in his 1,000th NHL game from the 2008 NHL entry draft to 2024, 1,000 games for Alex Petrangelo, a two-time Stanley Cup champion, and the first Vegas Golden Knight to actively suit up in 1,000 games. So that's that's a huge milestone for Alex Petrangelo. We're going to dig into that, but as we do every single Monday, 702-876-1340, that's the number, 702-876-1340. Generally, we like to call this Ask the Insiders, you can hit us with whatever you want to. We can talk Alex Petrangelo. We can talk you know, certain things, aspects of his game that make him so special and have led to 1,000 games, have led to two Stanley Cup championships. In interesting and different and unique situations for, for Petrangelo, like we're going to dig into that a little bit. We're also going to get to uh, really the talk of the National Hockey League over the course of the weekend. That's going to happen a little bit later on in one-timers, but Ridley Gregg, made the entire Toronto Maple Leafs melt down. Specifically, Morgan Riley, and we're going to jump into that a little bit later on in the show. We'll also hear from Bruce Cassidy as well, and Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. He's going to stop by about 5 o'clock or so. We're going to dig into, again, a little bit more on Alex Petrangelo, a little bit more on this game tonight, the Minnesota Wild, the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas looking to make it 3-0 and out of the bye week in the All-Star break, and kind of why this season, at least the trajectory that we're, we're getting right now, feels very similar to last year for the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll also touch on Shea Theodore, who was sighted on the ice over the weekend in a red non-contact sweater. So a lot to get to here on the VGK Insider Show. 702-876-1340. We have lines open right now if you want to chime in. We'll go out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, good. So um super excited. I get to go to the game tonight and see Petro's Thousands game. Um, mm-hmm. I know that doesn't come around very often for many players, so... I'm really excited to see that. But I want to talk about something that happened yesterday, if that's okay. Okay, go for it. So we have a uh, pretty pretty well-liked Vegas Golden Knights coach who participated in the halftime show at the big game yesterday. He yeah. brought his champs ring, which just was the coolest thing. Like, I, I love how into hockey Lil John is mm-hmm. and that he would wear that on such a big stage like I, I love it it made me smile yeah it it made me smile too like I'm not gonna lie when <laughs> when I noticed it I felt really good about it like 
oftentimes, especially when you're talking about the big game, Super Bowl, whatever, like you're not going to get that local flair or that team that you know that that really doesn't have anything to do with football. But a big reason why the Super Bowl was here in Las Vegas, that's the Vegas Golden Knights. You don't necessarily see them represented in that way. And I thought it was awesome that Lil John like leaned into it and had his Stanley Cup championship ring. It was phenomenal. It was a great moment. And personally, I think it underscores the importance of the Vegas Golden Knights being here, being the first, being this team, and how it ultimately led to what happened last night with the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's amazing. We're a city who for so long got told, well, you guys are a bad influence. You can't have sports. Sports have never worked there. <laughs> now we're home to two championship teams. We just hosted the biggest sporting event, you know, in the country. Mm-hmm. It's it's awesome. I love it. I love that the Knights have brought that to our city, and I love that uh, we're getting some recognition for being a sports town now. Yeah, I, I love it, Stephanie. Thank you for the call. Um, I'm going to bring Chapman in on this one because, like, I know that you were kind of in the sphere last week when it comes to the big game, and you know you went down to Media Row. You tried to uh, convince Cavino and Rich to come on the show. They're like, "No, we're not going to do that with Darren Millard." Um, <laughs> but like, what what was your reaction when you saw Lil John with the Stanley Cup championship ring? Well, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't be thrilled. Yeah, um, you know, because I'll, I'll be honest, I. I'm not the biggest Usher fan. Like, I don't dislike Usher, but it's just not my my type of music. How, how are you but, not an Usher fan? Like, I like some of his songs, but like, I'm. I we had the opportunity to go see him a few yeah. weeks, a few months ago, and yeah, and, yeah. and I declined because I figured someone else who was a bigger fan leave it would, to a bigger Usher fan. I'd rather it. go. Yeah. Like, I don't turn his songs off if I hear it on the radio, <laughs> but I thought that the halftime show was very Atlanta-centric. Mm-hmm. You know, you had multiple artists from Atlanta, multiple artists who kind of created that Atlanta sound. Yeah. And Little John is one of them. But when Little John comes out and he's rocking the VGK Stanley Cup <laughs> championship ring at the Super Bowl halftime die, show. Die-hard Golden Knights fan. I mean, all he was missing was Brady McNabb dancing behind him, and he was all set to go. I mean, you know, it, it, I, it was it was very cool. And I thought for the Golden Knights, I I feel like it's a moment where yeah. they transcended hockey into the halftime show of the biggest sporting event in the mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. Like they crossed that line from hockey team to pop culture iconic team. I'm with you. I, I really am. And, you know, a lot of the credit obviously goes to, to Lil John for rocking it. But, you know, he's he's ingrained, right? Like, he's ingrained with this team. He's ingrained with, you know, being a fan. And, and, like, it was really cool to see that because, you know, outside of that, I don't think you get too much in terms of recognition for the Vegas Golden Knights, for this hockey team being here and the first pro sports team in Las Vegas. Like, I don't think you get that recognition, that moment, but Lil John kind of brings it on himself and, and brings it on for the Golden Knights. And I thought that that was fantastic. Like, I loved every minute of it. Um, you know who really liked the halftime show? Like, Miss, Mrs. Wallace is a big Usher fan. Really? Oh, really? yeah. No, she's, she's like 100% in it. She was singing along, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I didn't know you knew the words to all of these songs. You know, the, funny, the funniest thing is I, I'm, I'm 44, so, like, I'm, I'm in my mid-40s. Yeah. And, and I knew who everyone was with the exception of Ice Spice. I, yeah, I I, 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 I don't couldn't know who, I couldn't tell who you that is. I have no I have no clue. So, 
I saw a friend of mine posting on Facebook that they had to have a conversation with mm-hmm. their their children. Yep. They had to explain who Usher and Alicia Keys were to their children, and their their son and daughter had to explain who mm-hmm. Ice Spice was to them. I thought Ice Spice was a brand of Axe deodorant. Like, I swear I saw oh, that on the shelf at Smith's the other day. I'm an Old Spice guy, not an Axe guy, but I saw I saw the I, I swear I saw Ice Spice as one of their one of their flavors. So flavors, their, their flavors. smells. What are you talking about, Chad? You don't want to lick the bar of deodorant. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't. Not at all. Um, you know, it's it's really funny. The other game that we played yesterday was how many times did we see Taylor Swift? Like that oh. was that was the game inside of the game for my entire family. Listen, first of all, I I I like her. Like I don't again like Usher. I don't really know a ton of her music. Sure, but I feel like oh, we got she, bad blood, Chapman. Well, she she's listen. My 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 cousin who I saw in New Jersey, she is a Swifty. She saw her all over <laughs> Philadelphia, New York. She's going to Paris in the summer to see her. Mm-hmm. So, like, my cousin, when we're in the car driving around to go get pizza and, and other food in New Jersey, yeah. that's what's playing in the car. And i got to be honest, it's it's kind of catchy. Yeah. Like, I was like, ah, this is – I can see why kids like this stuff. But I can tell you this. If I took a shot of vodka uh-huh. every time they showed her on the television, I wouldn't have come in. I'd have I, – <laughs> I, I would be on the IR like Darren Millard is today because Hold on. I, I would not have been able to, to get up and come into work. That's, that's not exactly true. Well, I, I mean, maybe to a degree. Like, during the game, it was 10 times. 10 we times. Saw, so it was 10, 10 shots. 10, 10 shots, shots. Of Yes, 100%. So, yeah, maybe you would be on the floor right now. Um, 702-876-1340, that's the number. If you'd like to ask the insiders, we got the Vegas Golden Knights, the Minnesota Wild, Alex Petrangelo's 1,000th game in the National Hockey League. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Bring Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I cannot follow that, but I'll do my best. Mike, we're, uh, we're just talking about Ice Spice and Taylor Swift. Yeah, like, If yeah. you just keep us on a level track – of hockey talk, you're going to do just fine. Buddy. Now, Mike, who who was who was the version of Taylor Swift when when you were like a teenager? Oh, well, now you yeah, now you're talking, and that mm-hmm. that would be more like a Carol King. Okay, which I am almost embarrassed to say that, but it's true. <laughs> and Joni Mitchell, and oh. Uh, oh, there's so many great ones. Well, but, listen, if this makes you feel better, Prince, who I widely consider to be the greatest musician to ever walk the planet, was Ooh. a huge, huge fan of Joni Mitchell. Good. Makes me feel a little younger, if nothing else. <laughs> and then, you know, Prince is not with us anymore, so yeah, I feel pretty good about that. But yeah, if I went into my music taste, uh, mm. you know, you wouldn't want to li- sit and listen to that. But nonetheless, let's roll back. First of all, I got to piggyback on what Stephanie said, because mm. she made a great point. Uh, did you know that Mrs. I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this. Mrs. Miramanoff and her sister produced one of the Super Bowl commercials. And I think it's the Kivo, K-E-V-O, or something. If you remember it, it a, an animated figure shows up and promotes K-E-V-O, which I did, still don't know what that is. Mm. And Miro was a singer in the background. Oh. So check that out. Okay, will do. Ooh. That's kind of cool. That's, that's anyway, a little tidbit. I, I, I was not aware of that. No, it's, I wasn't either. And, and then I, Kat brought it up this morning, so I'm going to take it from her that it was accurate. But if you can find out for sure, I'd like to know. 
we have watched, and I'm going to ask you about Shea Theodore in a second, him progress to where that red jersey is about to come off, I yeah. think. Yeah. And um, But tonight's a big night. I mean, it's all about Alex, and it, we're so proud of him. And he still plays 23 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. It's, it's insane, his work ethic. But also, it could have been an Andre Fleury night, but it won't be, mm-hmm. from what I hear. Well, it the Wild are nope, certainly it, hoping not. It won't be. It's not. No, it's not. But to piggyback on that even, April 12th, they come back here on a back-to-back, uh-huh. and I would be very surprised if Flower does not play that game, if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And and depending on where Minnesota is in the pecking order of the or, playoffs, or or Mike, if he's with Minnesota, yeah, yeah, if he's not with heaven forbid Colorado, <laughs> which I would hate, but nonetheless, we have a shot at maybe saying goodbye to Mark Andre Fleury on a special night mm-hmm. in mid-April. I don't know if that'll happen, but at least there's a chance. I want to ask you guys before I give way to others. Mm. When Shea Theodore comes back, he is now going from LTIR, no salary cap implications, to salary cap implications. So we've got to make room for him, in other words. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Because we're still a few hundred thousand dollars short when he comes back, and someone has to go down or get on waivers. Mm -hmm. And I want to know if you have any thoughts on that, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, Mike, and thanks for the call. Like, when Shea Theodore is ready to go and you're, you're able to activate him, you're, you're going to send guys down. Like, it's just, it's just that simple. Like, Caden Korzak is, is probably the first place you'd look, mainly because he is waiver exempt, so you don't have to risk exposing him to waivers, and, and that's a positive thing for the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, but from there, it, it really boils down to which players are going to be in your lineup every day and which players aren't. Like, is Daniil Miramanov going to be an everyday player when Shea Theodore is healthy and ready to go? I don't know, because the skill set that you have Miramanov in for right now is to replace what Theodore does for you to some degree. So, you know, in, in my estimation, you look at the Golden Knights, they've got a lot of guys right now, certainly, that are in the mix on the defensive side of the puck. But to start the year, you were able to have your full lineup. You had Jack Eichel in the fold. You had Shea Theodore activated. You're going to have a, a lineup, to me, that looks very similar to it. Now, whether or not you can work out situations where those players you're going to put on waivers, you know will clear or not. Like That's, to a degree, something that you have to weigh. But the fact of the matter is, when Shea Theodore is healthy and he's available and he's ready, Shea Theodore goes in your lineup, and you have to. And if you have to put players on waivers, that's what you do. Well, the other the other aspect is you you have a couple guys. You mentioned Caden uh, Korzak, but you've also got Brendan Brisson, Jonas Rombierk, who's here on emergency loan. I'm not quite sure how that implicates the cap emergency loan, but nonetheless, that's about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars that you're able to, to to clear when you are able to send Rombierk back to Henderson, assuming mm-hmm. he's a guy you send back to Henderson, and then Brisson, who who's nine hundred thousand. So, you know that's about a million and a half right there that you're able to, to, to clear off the cap. And as you mentioned, you know, there, there's other moves that this team will make correspondence wise. And, and, you know, I, I think we'll see in a couple of weeks when Shea comes back, I'm, my guess is probably before the end of the month, we'll see him back in the lineup, at least fingers crossed. Uh, we're hoping for that. And, and we'll see. I mean, look, if there's anything that fans need to not worry about, <laughs> it's the golden Knights being able to configure their cap to fit Shea theater in, because it's not something that in, seven years of this franchise existing 
that they've really ever gotten themselves into trouble with. And if there's anything that I believe they 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 are as good as any team in the league at, it's ma- manipulating the cap to fit their needs. Well, it, it's it's understanding where the cap ramifications are, right, and then finding ways to kind of work that into what you're doing. And you know, the simple fact is you've got Jack Eichel, Will Carrier, both of those guys are on IR. They're not on LTIR. So if you don't want to lose anybody, you can make a move from, from to just put one of those two guys on LTIR and activate Shea Theodore. Like there are options at the helm for Kelly McCrimmon and the Vegas Golden Knights. And the fact of the matter is like you're in a position right now where you can do either one of those and it's not going to impact when a Will Carrier or a Jack Eichel can come back into the fold. So I, I wouldn't worry. And, and as Chapman kind of points out, and I think it's worth, it's worth repeating. You should never worry about the salary cap with the Vegas Golden Knights. If there's one thing that we've learned throughout seven years here, if they can find a way to make it work, they're going to make it work. So that being said, when Shea Theodore is healthy, when he's ready to go, when he's able to shed that red no-contact jersey, and he's able to get back into the lineup and play for this team, he'll be activated, and the Golden Knights will do what's in the best interest of the team to put the best lineup on the ice night in and night out to win hockey games and ultimately get back to a Stanley Cup final. So, uh, good call, Mike. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. 702-876-1340. Lines open right now if you'd like to call in with your questions. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Bring in Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing just great. Um, I, I want to go on a little rant, and it's about the Edmonton-LA game. <laughs> okay. When... When Edmonton was losing, just for my own amusement, I would listen to their post-game radio show, which runs much like yours does. And so I, since they lost the other night, I went back to listen to it for a change. Mm-hmm. And I know there's professional courtesy, so if you want to push back on this, I'm going to just figure that's what it is. But this doofus, literally one of them said, well, you know, it was bad ice. And the other one said, well, yeah, but they both had to play with on it. Mm-hmm. The kicker comes when the other guy says, well, yeah, but, you know, Edmonton's a more skilled team. Perhaps it just suited L.A. more because we're just more skilled. Mm-hmm. Do they not listen to themselves? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe. I, you know, I, I, I understand kind of where you're coming from but i i think that sometimes ex- like making excuses is easier right like it's it's a lot well, easier know, to say that that's the reason the top. we all make excuses but mm-hmm. our team's better so the bad ice is, is harder on the guy that's not so well, good well to a degree like that makes sense right if you're a if you're a highly skilled team and the ice is not where you need it to be and you're trying to make highly skilled plays then there's you know there is something to that sentiment that you know, sometimes you want to make it a muddier track on a, on a team that's highly skilled. But I, I'd push back but on the idea LA that the is highly skilled. No, I, that's what I was just going to say, Rita. I, I'd push back on the idea that the Kings aren't a highly skilled team when you've got the likes of Quentin Byfield and Kevin Fiala and Andre Kopitar, <laughs> Drew Doughty. Like that's a really skilled team too. I think more than anything, it's just making excuses for a loss. Like teams will do that. It, uh, yeah, I had to turn it off after that because I was. When I start talking to myself, saying, oh, my God, what are they saying? It's time to change the, the channel. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just had to bring that up. Otherwise, I got nothing except go nights. 
All right, great stuff, Rita. I, I appreciate it. Um, you know, the, the, the funny thing about the ice, and, and I'll say this as a novice, a very, very novice, as Stephanie can attest to. Oh, boy, are you going to relate this to you being no, on the ice? No, no, So So what I'm saying is even though I, I really don't know how to skate mm-hmm. much at all, mm-hmm. I can feel the difference between when I first step on the ice after the Zamboni's been out there and, and the ice is fresh and and nice and clean and shiny, as opposed to when you've been skating on it for like an hour and it's all gravelly and kind of, kind of sandy and it's it's choppy. Mm-hmm. So like I I'm willing to listen to the idea of, of bad ice, but like Rita said, both teams have to play on it, and you know the idea that LA is also not a highly skilled team is a little ridiculous. I mean they've it- they've got some real high end talent there in Los Angeles. It, it is. Uh, 702-876-1340. If you want to call in with a question, a comment, uh, if you want to tell us what your favorite Ice Spice song is, or if Who? if you think Chapman didn't understand the Taylor Swift reference that I threw out there. I definitely didn't understand it if you're throwing it out there. Now. Boy, oh boy, what a cruel <laughs> summer that is, Chapman. Oh, um, that, listen, that's Bananarama, my friend. What? Bananarama did Cruel Summer. And no. then Ace of Base oh. covered the Bananarama version of Cruel Summer. Oh, Chapman. This is rough, buddy. Uh, anyway, 702-876-1340, that's the number. We'll also check in real real quick on the text line because Wes Hag uh, is pushing back on on my statistic with it when it comes to Alex Petrangelo. As we mentioned, Alex Petrangelo will suit up in his 1,000th game. He becomes the first Vegas Golden Knight to hit the 1,000-game threshold as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, he said, whoa, 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 and I'm, I'm imagining like it's with that much enthusiasm. Whoa, 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 didn't Kessel set a record for over 1,000 games in a row? Well, yes, Phil Kessel did do that, but it wasn't his 1,000th game that he was suiting up for with the Vegas Golden Knights. Phil Kessel's played over 1,200 games in the National Hockey League. It was just that he had skated in 1,000 games in a row. Not the same semantics, maybe, but you know we're talking about a player that is hitting the thousand-game threshold as a Vegas Golden Knights. First time it's happened for Alex Petrangelo. It's a massive milestone, and you know, in kind of preparing for today, you come across statistics that surprise you. And Chapman, I don't know about you, but when I saw how many skaters have hit that one thousand-game threshold, I was taken aback. I was surprised. Alex Petrangelo will become just the 386th skater in the National Hockey League to hit 1,000 games. Like, that, to me, seems incredibly low, but it gives you an idea of just how difficult a task that is. Yeah, when when you told me the number before you went on the air, I was a bit surprised that it wasn't more. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, clearly because you you think about how many players have, have played in the NHL over the course of... 100 years, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty wild to think mm-hmm. that only 386 players have done it. And tonight we'll get to witness Alex Petrangelo become yep. a member of that club. It's a very exclusive club, obviously. Um, clearly, you have to be a very good player, a guy who's maintained a good amount of health. Mm-hmm. Throughout his career, a guy who has managed his, his body. And, and look, when you, when you look at how many minutes a game – yeah. Petrangelo plays and has played, even going back to his his early days with the Blues. I mean, even like his first season or two in the league, he was playing 24, 25 minutes a night. 
So he's a guy who, who it was drafted, as you, you and Darren mentioned the other day, in the 2008 draft, number four overall. Yeah. Quick descent or ascent, I should say, into the league mm-hmm. as, a, as a young guy and, and a guy who has just been, I would say, a, a model player throughout his career. Um, you know, he doesn't miss a lot of games. You, you go back and you look at his seasons, and he's, he's, he's pretty much a bastion of health every single season. I mean, obviously last year, you know, guys miss games, but he doesn't seem to be the guy who misses 45, 50 games a season. And, no. you know, he, he's been a, a guy with, with a really long career. And, and, look, I would say it's a Hall of Fame career, and I don't even think, you know, you and I talked about it a little bit yeah. before we went on the air. I don't even think there's a debate. Yeah, he's he's first ballot for me. Like he's he's a Hall of Famer if there ever was one. This is something that I'm going to ask some people today uh, as we kind of gear up for Alex Petrangelo, game number one thousand in the National Hockey League for him. What's his superpower? Like when you think of a player like Eric Carlson, right? It's his ability to score. It's the way that he skates, how he sees the ice, and just the fact that points follow him. You can say the same thing for Kale McCarr, right? Like those are defensemen that are are kind of at the top of the Norris Trophy voting year in and year out because they've got all the point totals. But for Petrangelo, it's not that the point totals aren't there. He's about a point six points per game player, which is really good as a number one defenseman. But to me, this is a guy that's a unicorn in that he does everything really well, right? Like, there might not be one aspect or one area that, that truly excels, but he is a jack-of-all-trades to the point where he does everything at such a high level that it's hard to single out one thing that he does incredibly well or better than the other things, but that, to me, is what sets him apart. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, to look at like my Marvel superheroes and, and come up with a comparison to, to Petrangelo, and like my initial thought was a guy who, who has incredible leadership skills but also has incredible vision. Like, mm-hmm. like, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes on the ice. I mean, yeah, he sometimes he does make glaring mistakes, but for the most part, they're, they're – they're not consistent, right? Like, he'll go a, a run of games where he doesn't make any mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, Petrangelo is is on fire. Like, he's really at the top of his game. And then maybe he has a game where he's like, eh, okay, he had one or two big mistakes. But then he'll go on that run again of, like, five, six games where you're like, man, Petrangelo is the best defenseman on the ice. Sure. And I, I don't know if I could come up with, with a Marvel superhero like that. I mean, he's just so well-rounded and so good at anything that I would say – you're right. A right. unicorn. I mean, no, he's, he's it, Captain America. Yeah. I mean, I like. I I understand he's Canadian, but well, like he, he could be Captain America. He's played for two American teams. His family's from St. Louis. He sure. he, he qualifies. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. Like, does everything well, incredibly well. Not one aspect stands out more than the other. But like the guy eats up minutes. He's a, he's able to roam in the offensive zone. He's able to find and chip in offensively here and there. He's able to shut things down defensively. Like. You and I were talking about this. Do the St. Louis Blues win the Stanley Cup without Alex Petrangelo? Zero chance. Do the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup without Alex Petrangelo? I would say unlikely. Yeah, I, I am too. Like, when you can win a cup for two franchises, their first Stanley Cup ever, and you're a key component to that, you're a key cog in the machine. Like, you look at that. It's zero hesitation for me when it comes to is Alex Petrangelo one of the biggest reasons the Blues won the Stanley Cup? Yes, absolutely. And if you, you want like confirmation on that, 
Go back and watch Game Seven. Go back and watch. Like as he good as Jordan on the ice. as good as Jordan Binnington was, Alex Petrangelo was the guy in Game Seven against the Bruins for the St. Louis Blues, and he was phenomenal in the Western Conference Final against the Sharks. Like he was, he he didn't win the the Conn Smythe. But if you mm-hmm. had made the argument for me that he deserved it, I would have listened to it all day. Well, to be like to be fair, the, I mean, the storyline Bennington played out of his mind. In the storyline for Jordan Bennington was too good to pass up. Yeah, like frankly, it was. Now that being said, Alex Petrangelo was the best player on the ice for the St. Louis Blues, that and I don't think, and I don't think it was particularly close. And so then, like you look at what he was able to do last year for the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, listen. I know everyone kind of zeroes in on the Edmonton Oilers series, and I know that everyone kind of zeroes in on Petrangelo and the Slash. It changed the entire complexion of that series. Up to that point, the Edmonton Oilers were running around. They were gooning it up. They were trying to get the Vegas Golden Knights off their game with those antics, and Petrangelo's just like, that's enough. You know what that moment was? Hmm. That moment was Captain America lifting Thor's hammer. Yeah, to a degree. Like, that's what it was. The The whole momentum changed yeah. just like the Avengers were able to get <laughs> they all, You know, they turned the tide. and All of a sudden, the Oilers realized that they were not going to be able to bully the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. And at that moment, Leon Dreisaitl was a different player. Connor McDavid was a different Why player. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? And And his ability to read the moment like that. Right, his ability to understand what needs to be done, then doubling down on it in the press conference, it was masterful stuff from Alex Petrangelo. And frankly, I don't know that the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup or that series without Petrangelo and what he did. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm here for that all day. And and like we 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 both said, I mean, it, it's a tremendous accomplishment. One thousand games. Kudos to to Alex Petrangelo. Yep. I mean, I think most people will will always associate him as being a St. Louis Blue, but I think here in Vegas where we will always forever look at Alex Petrangelo as being a Golden Knight, regardless of what he accomplished before he got here. Yeah, and the beautiful thing about Petrangelo is he's hitting 1,000 games tonight. He's not done. Not done by a long shot. And we'll get into that a little bit later on as we go on the VGK Insider Show. We're back with Bruce Cassidy and his comments from earlier today next, right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Nick Haig there talking about Alex Petrangelo, who is set to play in his 1,000th National Hockey League game. If you're coming to the game, just kind of a quick update on that. Get here early. There, There is going to be a ceremony for Alex Petrangelo pregame, so make sure you get down here, make sure you get into your seats, and make sure you celebrate 1,000 games for Alex Petrangelo. It, it, it really does kind of set up to be a really fun night for Petrangelo, and hopefully it's a fun night for the Vegas Golden Knights as well as they take on the Minnesota Wild, who are also 2-0 in the month of February. So that's going to be interesting to see. And as we've talked about, Marc-Andre Fleury will not start for the Minnesota Wild. Aiden Hill is expected to start for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, but for more on, you know, just kind of where the Golden Knights are at right now, and also what, if any, rooting interest Bruce Cassidy had in the Super Bowl Let's hear from Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media earlier today ahead of 1,000 games for Alex Petrangelo. I haven't seen you guys in a while. Do you have anything exciting this weekend? Huh? Did you end up going? No. What was your Super Bowl party party here? Neighbor's house. Kids, friends. Um, People threw a nice, real nice event. Lots of good food. 
TVs everywhere, indoor, outdoor, heaters on, whatever, the whole nine yards. It's a good day. Huh? Did you get any squares? Zero squares. I know you talked about it, obviously, since his return after each game, but overall, since he's been back, just the confidence level, maybe he brings it. The team, I don't want to make it sound like a knock against the team that they weren't playing with confidence, but when Aiden is back, he's in bed, he's playing like he's playing the overall well, that's a position that uh, can do that, can influence the team more than other positions, just because the importance of it, right? So, um, to me, uh, yes, you can see it a little bit. Guys probably relax a little bit knowing he's back there and will bail us out. Um, and certainly Logan does that too. It's not a knock on him. It's just, right. Hilly's just at the top of his game. It's that simple. Like, this isn't judging anybody else. He's just in a zone when he's in there. Uh, it happened in the playoffs last year quite a bit. And it's happening now. So we do get that effect. And I think teams around the league have that with certain goaltenders. And it's the opposite when they're struggling, right? You're almost like, well, we don't want to, we want to block every shot, run out of position, and, you know, to just make every, kill every play, which usually is the wrong thing to do, right? Because now, you know, we're, we rely on a system, players rely on one another, support. And then you rely on the goalie to be the last guy to, to put out the last fire if it does break down along the way. So he's done a terrific job with it. Good for him. He's like I said worked hard to get back into the lineup, get himself where he needs to be. And uh, last year he worked hard to get himself into the lineup in the playoffs. He was a bit of an unknown. You know, he'd been in the league, but not a big household name. So all the credit should go to him. Obviously, Sean Burke's done a lot of work with him. And um, yes, but it does help our team a lot knowing that. Not great. We had an optional skate this morning. Some guys are feeling a little run down, but we should have 20 players ready to go. Um, a few may come to the rink and, and we'll find out, but it just seems to be going through the team right now. But Logan is definitely out. Uh, Hill starts and Patera backs up. A little bit about... Um, well, first of all, we're trying to get a look at Miro, right? So that's first and foremost. And we just felt Corsi was was playing good, consistent hockey. So we put him ahead of Zach for that game. Uh, wouldn't have been a long-term thing, but sometimes it's good for the player to know that, hey, those young guys pushing from underneath. It's great for the organization in any position when you got young guys that push the, the more veteran guys. Um, so that's what went into it. Well, I mean, we discuss all those things. That just becomes a little bit of now we're going to keep a veteran guy out every night, right? And we weren't prepared to do that. We, we want to do it for a game. We knew that at some point, if we're going to get Miro in, someone has to be out. Uh, it was Whitey the other night, and it was going to be Corsi. Uh, well, it is Corsi tonight. Um, so that's just that's just how we we've mapped it out here a little bit in the short term, and then in the long term, it'll depend when guys come back into the lineup and who outplays who. But we do want to see Miro a little bit. It is a good opportunity with a guy like Theo out of the lineup, um, bring some of those attributes. Power can help us in the power play. So that's kind of how we arrived at that, and uh, see what we got. We saw him a little bit last year. He played what five or six <laughs> games in Henderson. So um, it's a little bit of that time of year. Theo are coming back. Well, there is a little bit, right? Like Theo's skating. You see him out there. He's in a red sweater, so he's not playing tonight. But, you know, we've got five more days now of practice. So I can't tell you when he'll be in, but he's getting much closer. 
so button. So at the end of the day, uh, some of these younger guys, we can't play them all and they can't all be on the roster. So this is just a little bit of roster management, asset management, evaluation uh, for a guy like Miro. We know what Theo can do and Heidi can do and White Cloud for that. And, and now we've seen a lot of what Corsi can do. He's brought some real value to this to this hockey team at a, a you know, for a young player and a, a position, especially a right shot D. They're not that easy to find. So these are good things. That's a little bit where why we're looking at Miro too. It's a another. I wouldn't say as young as Corsi, but a, you know, he's not as far along in his professional career because he came over later. We want to try to do our best to make sure that we have a, the best read on every guy possible. Sure. Music trivia? No. 80s uh, variety show trivia? <laughs> like good times? All in the family? Anything? Fire away. <clears throat> Thir- we'll get back to all the family. Like 13 coaching changes in the last nine months. Do you have a thought on that? Or it's become like the gap of parity has become really easy. Well, I think uh, it's an easier avenue than trying to m- shake up the team by moving players. I think in maybe years ago without the cap, you could make one of those. There were like three for three trades. They happen, you know, not all the time, but they happen a lot. You, you rarely see those anymore. So that's one way you can shake up your room. The easiest way is usually the coach. There is no, you know, salary cap for coaches either. So there's that part of it. You can go as through as many or as little as you want. I think parity comes into it too. I think every team goes into the year. When I say every team, I think most every team believes they've got a shot at the playoffs, right? There's always a few that, I don't want to get into other teams' motives, but there's probably a few that say, hey, we're a little bit away, so we're going to, you know, do our best. But at the end of the day, we're not, our expectations probably a little different. But there's a lot more teams that expect to be in there. And if they get off to it, it's usually the starts, right? The bad starts that kind of hurt, uh, if you go through the coaches this year, the Edmonton, Minnesota, St. Louis a little bit that, that feel like they could be in. So uh, I'm not, again, those aren't my my calls, Gary, at all, and I don't want to speak for other teams, but I think that's what happens. They don't want to get too far behind, and you just saw it a little bit with LA, maybe. You know, like, so I think that's just it. It's the easiest thing to do. Uh, I think there's a lot of qualified guys out there available too. Sometimes when you have a goalie problem per se, you might not like your guys, but maybe there's not a guy out there that's better than what you got. Whereas I think with coaches, there's usually a few out there that can help your team, or might be right on your own bench. That, that can help you too. You saw that with a couple examples. What was the name of Archie's bar? Okay, it's not Moe's Tavern, that's the Simpsons. It was something though like that, right? Uh, God, I'm going to have to think about that one. But that's later in the show. That that was his next show, yeah. right? That was the sequel. Kelsey's. What was the name? What is it? Kelsey's. Oh, I'm not even close. <clears throat> I thought it was an M. Sorry. All right, oh, for one. Does, you know, it happens to, you know, the best of them. Anything else? Well, no, it's one, one of the Okay. All right. So, All right. What have you seen from uh, Minnesota this year? Well, they've been up and down, inconsistent. Um, they, you know, they struggled and then they got hot and, not, you know, then they struggled. Now they're getting it back a little bit. Some of that has to do with injuries. I think their team... Some teams can survive injuries better than others. Um, they lost Spurgeon, who's a big part of their team, plays a lot of important minutes. You know, when Brodeen gets, was out for a bit or sick, what have it probably affects their team. Uh, Gustafson's not having the year maybe he had last year. Um, up front, I think Boldy had the slow start, but he's found it now. So they, they've got some scoring there. Um, 
But I think it's their back end injuries probably hurt them a little bit during those those stretches. Physical, I know John Hines' team will always compete. We saw it, and I saw it in Jersey. I saw it in the American Hockey League when we were younger. I saw it in Nashville. So I'm sure they'll be physical, which I think they've always had a little bit of that to their game, a little straightforward, um, you know, hard-nosed hockey. So that's what we'd expect tonight. Felino's out by the looks of it. So he's one of the guys that, that brings that. But I think it's a team-wide mentality. It is, and, and his numbers, you know, like offensive point totals and um, two Stanley Cups, two different teams. He's really helped, played a big part in. I've seen both hand, you know, one I'm obviously much closer to here, but um, he beat the Bruins when I was there, so it saw how important he was to that team for a course of two weeks. So uh, happy for him, obviously. Um, very popular teammate. Some of the things you don't see is um, like a guy like Petro will be the first guy to go to a younger guy that might be struggling. So not only is he a good player on the ice, take care of business, plays 23 minutes against good players every night. He takes care of his, his teammates. They're not healthy yet. No, they're, they're, they're close. They're skating with us, but not there yet. Absolutely. Um, and John does a good job with that. You know, John deals with the D. So he, him and Petro, well, we all, listen, I have a great relationship with Petro, but John will dig around a little more and that's by design. Uh, I'd like to delegate to John. He's been around. He's got a great relationship with Marty too and Marty and Petro real close. So you can usually get a feel for what's going on in the back end there. We still have to make our decisions like we did the other night with a veteran guy versus a young guy. And that'll be our, our decisions all day long. But I think sometimes it's important to relay to him why, because he does have a, a voice with that with that group. Um, so we try to do that as much as possible. There's a, maybe a strange question, but we're thinking it here a little bit, which is what I do best. Uh, talk about the Super Bowl to start with the presser. Um, when it's here in Vegas and the NFL, how big it is, and you're in the home stretch here, sense of urgency, crunch time, you're the defending Stanley Cup. Can, can the excitement of how that game ended and being here in Vegas and some of the guys may have been there and now you take the ice tonight and in like sits at home but can that excitement and feel that championship secure the last NHL team to have a parade and feel the same elation that the Chiefs did can it lead over from one sport to the other and maybe help add a little jolt to this team? Uh, I think so I think we're, we're a pretty focused group on what we want I think it was great to have the Super Bowl here um to, to you know to soak in a little bit of that atmosphere i like the fact that kansas city won so that's back to back because that's our goal and maybe that gets talked about a little more and i'm perfectly okay with that i've said that that's our goal we want to be stanley cup champions again so uh, the fact that kansas city did it you know like now now that's a little bit of a little carrot for us a little bit too hey someone else did let's go do it you know and that's another way we can motivate the group a little bit small thing but still i think it's good for sports and uh, it's good for us there you have it bruce cassidy weighing in on a whole multitude of things earlier today as we gear up for alex petrangelo's 1000 game but not shying away from the idea that this team wants to win another Stanley Cup championship, not shying away from the fact that they want to go back-to-back, to, back, to go so far as to say he enjoyed 
last night because Kansas City went back-to-back. It just speaks volumes about what the expectation is here for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, but also how this team is not shying away from those lofty goals either. We're back to set up our number two next on the VGK Insider Show. Lil John wearing the Stanley Cup Championship ring yesterday during the Super Bowl halftime show. Chiming in on it as well. It's true. You don't see much hockey when it comes to football, but you did yesterday because the champs were in the building. Well, Lil John, he's a proxy for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, On the text line, though, Keith Beak, will Taylor Swift ring the horn tonight before the game? I don't know. But I'd be open to it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm totally down for it. By the way, my buddy was there. Yeah. He said they had a really difficult time moving around because I guess where they were sitting was close to her. Huh. And the security detail was off the charts. I can imagine. I can imagine. I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like the next era of my life, maybe I'll be a Swifty. Hour number two, Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. He joins us on the other side of the break.